Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Jabo, everyone, and thank you as always for tuning in to Radio Harambe, the show for which you are about to go on iTunes and leave a five star review. <laughs> Last show, Mike yelled at me for waiting too long to give that plug to do I the. hardly yelled. So, uh, in uh, to, just to keep. Cheat uh, is probably it's a better word. To keep Mike happy, which is really what we have to do here at the Radio Harambe studios. That's for sure. Uh, I threw out our little iTunes review plug there. And joining me as always, Safari Mike. Mike, how are you doing today? Jumbo Dave, I'm fine. Mike, um, we've done a lot of these sort of spotlight kind of shows where we're spotlighting certain areas, certain attractions and shows and stuff. And it occurred to me as we were thinking about this that we had never done one on the centerpiece attraction of the park. Flight of Uh, Passage? No, no, no. <laughs> Still not the centerpiece attraction. Um, Expedition Everest? No, no, that's a close. That's, that's It was almost there. If the Disco Yeti were still dancing, that uh, might be one of them. But on the Kilimanjaro Safaris, ah. um, really the center of the Disney's Animal Kingdom, and certainly the, uh, I would say probably the one thing that they've spent most of their time and energy and money on. Early on, sure. When opening the park and when designing the park, this was very Absolutely. much part of it. Um, and frankly, it's probably one of the best zoological exhibits in the world. And we will get to that okay. soon enough. A little backstory, and uh, we've done a lot of sort of backstory on uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom. We've got some prehistory shows in our canon, if you go back and look at those, you'll find a few of them. And um, we have you know, a canon. We have well, in our what's not the canon. I know what you meant. Da- da- database is that sure, the better? Is that fine. the better word? Um, uh, you'll find a few of those, and uh, you'll learn a little bit about some of the things that brought Disney to the point of making the Animal Kingdom, and more specifically, the Kilimanjaro Safaris. These are the kind of things that go back to Walt himself, who um, you know. Created the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> he originally wanted real animals on that, didn't he? He absolutely did, and yeah. with all intentions of that. And and there had been many. There are many uh, um, examples of uh, of um, I don't know what Mike's doing back there, but my, I my, moved my mic. Sorry. Many examples of Walt with wild animals, and of course Walt with the uh, one of the shows we did was on the um, Disney Nature Films. Yeah, True Life Adventures. True Life Adventures, which sorry. was a huge part of Disney's got a there's a shelf full of uh, Oscar awards yep. thanks to those, um, and so the 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 backstory really goes from Walt and his desire to do this, and then instead being able to, you know, do the Jungle Cruise and to have some sort of uh, you know animal representation, but never really made it to the point that he that they got to later on in 1998. Um, I wish... Thank you, Michael Eisner. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> I, I wish I could one day find an Imagineer who was on the original trips to Africa um, with Joe Rohde and his team of people to uh, do the research required to create this ride because that in itself would probably make a heck of a film. Sure. Um, because they were there for weeks and... Um, you know, uh, animal encounters going. I believe they went on some of the sort of touristy safaris mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, correct? Absolutely. And um, they weren't just there for the animals. No. They were there for the landscaping, the the uh, foliage, um, to properly recreate a safari experience. Now... <clears throat> 
there are two little pieces of information. Well, first of all, it opened, obviously, with the opening of the park in 1998. Uh, and it was one of only a handful of things that you right. actually had to stood online for. Um, there are two unquestionably <laughs> true statements that I don't even have to look up. One is that it is far and away the largest attraction Disney has ever built. It's almost as big as Magic Kingdom, if yes. my memory serves. It, you can fit the Magic Kingdom Park inside the boundaries of just the Kilimanjaro Safari Park. Right. right. And it is also unequivocally the most expensive. Now, it may not be the one that was the most expensive to build. Its construction cost may not be the biggest. I don't know. That may have changed over the years. It's probably close. But it is close. And also... No other ride has the maintain the maintenance no. and the daily expense that this ride has. So it is without question. Certainly, if you include feeding the animals, <laughs> well, you have to. Yeah, it is without question the most expensive ride in Disney history. Um, they had to design brand new trucks. Um, the trucks alone that you go on are in themselves a story because. <sighs> All of the wild parks that I can think of, the drive-through parks that I can think of before Kilimanjaro were not, they were just sort of, you drove your car through them. Oh, there's plenty of, there was plenty of those. They've gone, kind of gone away. I'm not aware of anything before Disney before no not that I'm aware that is this type of thing where you board an actual truck as opposed to a tracked vehicle which there were monorail vehicles and in zoos and places sure and, San Diego Wild Animal Park right that. and trains and things like that where you can see stuff from but a, a truck that actually can stop with a driver who can actually point things out and stop uh, I don't do know you, of any that were certainly none at this scale do you know how much each of those vehicles cost? Disney. I don't. <laughs> $250,000. So basically what they had to do for those. And they weathered them to look like they were I, yeah, old absolutely. and they had old luggage on them and stuff like that. But go ahead. Basically what they had to do was invent a vehicle that could right. do what they needed to do. So they, they took uh, large trucks that were already in existence Retrofitted them to run on natural gas. I, uh, I think you're accurate, but I'm not 100 percent sure about that one. As opposed to what these trucks normally run on of this size, which would be diesel, right? Sure, at best gasoline, right? Neither, neither of which is ideal for the emissions that you would want for driving through park, driving through animals. Of so. You have a uh, so they had to create that basically design that from scratch, um, and, and then it was they expensive. had and it was expensive, and then they had to cement them essentially <laughs> cement bleach uh, uh, benches on them because they certainly weren't made that oh, way. Okay, and sure. Create this whole sort of so on the on the bed of a truck. So it's a it's an existing small. Um, commercial truck. Mm-hmm. I think they were Fords or something. May, may have been may have been Chevrolets. Um, but they were existing trucks, and they had to remove the actual box off the back, sure, or whatever trailer bed was there, and then invent these cement and plastic things because they're very heavy duty. Right. You cannot. Here's the thing: they can't be made of fiberglass. They had to be made of basically concrete because. A fight between fiberglass and a rhinoceros, a rhino wins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a, f- a fight between concrete and a rhino, and at least a truck has a fighting chance. Right. So they had to be. So so this is not only a vehicle that has a, amazingly low emissions; it is a pulling one hell of a load. <laughs> sure. Because they're very heavy duty trucks, and then of course they have the brush guards in the front that keep them from running over things right. which can happen um in these type of situations and then there are if i'm not mistaken there are some small animals on the trails there but are some small animals on the trails and the tr- not all of the trails and in, in a few places you're um th- there are no animals that surround 
the truck. Sure, like by the elephants and stuff like that. The sure. elephants, I think cheetahs, maybe. Uh, yeah. Certain uh, the 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 first section of actually the, li- the rhinos can get over. The rhinos and the zebra can get over. Yeah, by the and the fir- okay. So right the first section of the lions. Uh, I thought maybe the best that example. Yeah, the elephants are probably the best example, uh, and of course the river. Where the where the hippos are and the and okay. the, uh, and you know there's nothing yeah, 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 there's yeah, nothing yeah, really yeah, there the, that, yeah, yeah. Um, but they uh, had to create these brush guards in the front and then I believe there's also a, a series of sensors. Um, if you sit in the front seat of the car, you can actually see a clock mm-hmm. counting down, which has to do with them keeping pace. Um, but all of that had to be invented, <laughs> which is. Right, pucks monitor the vehicle. Yeah, it's just insane. And there could be 30 out there at a time. Right. So um, do we want to go through sort of the different incarnations of the ride, the different changes over the years? But before we do that. Do we want to start with the animals and the areas? We can go through the changes. Okay. But before we do that, do you know what Harambe means? What does the word Uh, actually mean? You've told me this before and I can't remember. It means coming together. So a little bit of a backstory. I knew it was something like that. Very brief. Um, the Harambe was a wildlife reserve, uh, you know, backstory-wise, until the mid-70s. So basically they had a lot of hunting going on there. It was a reserve to bring in hunters to make money. And then conservation became important to the townspeople in the mid-70s. And they decided to change the way Harambe was. No longer a hunting reserve, but now it is a preserve for the animals. So you shoot them with cameras, not guns, is what they often said. But that's a little bit of the backstory theme to uh, Kilimanjaro Safaris. Right. So it's good to sort of point out that, um, you know, obviously what we're we're creating here is um, the Kilimanjaro Safari is not the name of... That's just the name of the attraction. Correct. It's the Harambe Preserve. Har- or reserve. Harambe Wildlife Reserve. Yep. Right. Um, and then you're on your two-week safari through the reserve. Uh, the reserve is accessed by going to the port of Harambe, and uh, you can leave from there. And there's, um, you know, very... The queue is sort of the same basis as some of the other queues that we've seen pop up in, uh, in the animal kingdom in right. that there's... You know, a kind of almost a town or a story of a of a how do, how do I put well, it? Well, the town is right before the uh, queue. The the only thing about the queue is it's pretty dry. You have your offices. Yeah, they have the offices and that kind of stuff. It's it's more the offices of the safari company, not the town itself. Correct. There is also actually a an exhibit there. I don't know if uh, anybody there is who, anybody who does the. Standby queue, not the fast pass queue, may see African crown cranes because they have a little exhibit that you walk past. Yeah, and they're, they've been there, God, for as long Since as the I can remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really kind of cool. And there's, there's a lot a- of African crown cranes in Disney because they have a bunch of them in the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Yeah, there are, and they're th- what I love about them is when they start doing their thing. They're they're the they're call. call. Oh, they yeah. have a it sounds like a trumpet going, but uh, anyway. it makes you feel like you're in Africa when you're in the Animal Kingdom. It Lodge. really does. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. So um, there are multiple sections to the, uh, the the ride. There's basically, I, I guess, Mike. If we name them, there's the forest. In the right, front. and that's the beginning with the Okapi and the Bongo. Right, the Okungu Forest. Then you cross over into the Safi River area. Hippos and alleg- and crocodiles. Right. And then that takes you out into, like, essentially into the main sa- savanna. Right. And then you're by the, um, what's the rock called? Where the? The rock? The rocks that the lions live on. Oh, oh Kopi. And then that, and, the, uh, and then Kopi takes you around back. To this, the last forested area, I guess well, you're you call forgetting it. the mandrills and stuff like that. Oh yeah, well that's that's so you go from the you go from the main savanna to Monkey Point, right? And then you could see the uh, bull elephant maybe sometimes on the right hand side there, right? And then you're I'm just talking about the different named areas. Oh, okay. Then the next area is the is where the elephants are. Um, does that have a name? I don't know the pond that the flamingos are on. Does that have a name? Not that I'm aware of. I can't remember if it does or it doesn't. But um, 
It is a huge hidden Mickey, though. But yeah, uh, I can't stand hidden Mickey's. Yeah, but it is one, and it's kind of a cool one. And then you go there through past the past the 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 Kopi with the lions, mm-hmm. and then into the springs area. Or the first, there's another forest area that used to have a name that they don't use anymore. And then the section where you used to have the the poachers and the the springs area. Are you call, are, is, are you referring to where the uh, attics were, and now they have scimitar orcs? Uh, just past that, actually. Okay. Which is where you would you would come out. That's where you would have the the springs areas where the water's coming up out of the ground okay, and you're sure. driving through on your sure. way out. That's before you leave. That's right before the final gate. That's actually past the gate because there is a gate. Yes, that there you is. Go through. Yes, there is. And that was the old area. So let's talk about a little bit about the history of sort of the, for lack of a better word, spiel. Okay. So we do that, and then we'll end up with some of the animals towards the end. Sure. Um, for the for those of you new to um, Disney's Animal Kingdom, and by new I mean the last five to ten years. Okay. Um, this ride has actually changed quite a bit. Over Fairly the years. significantly. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. None of the animals. Well, some of the animals, but well, the animals are probably many of them are probably different than in 1998, but they species. look the same. <laughs> so, there's, there's one big difference from from. Five to ten years ago, but anyway, go ahead. And we'll get to that. Yeah, but um, there are there's sort of a history behind this. So when the when the park first opened, when Disney first opened right. the Animal Kingdom, um, as Mike and I have mentioned many many times before, when we talk about the backstory, one of the big pressures on Disney was from animal rights activists who right. Um, there, there are groups of animal rights activists that believe that no animal should be kept in captivity. Period. But there's also uh, there was also a subset of them who sort of figured Disney was going to be particularly bad at this because there weren't you know uh, it's all about the bling bling yeah because it was all it, <laughs> right it, uh, is Disney really interested in uh, conservation and and the preservation right, of a, species and things like that a lot of zoos for example the Bronx Zoo which I stayed at, which I worked at for 18 years. Um, is run by a conservation society, correct? Not and there's through donations and through state or or city funding to some degree. Um, so they are clued in on conservation issues for the most part. That that's their main right. drive. Most of the big zoos. I mean, I'm not talking about roadside, you know, a couple of deer and a wolf or whatever. I'm talking about the legit big city, you know, that kind of zoo, St. Louis. Bronx, right. Cincinnati, right. San Diego, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I could. I, I, that was their primary concern, and to, to so, so such a degree that <clears throat> we may have talked about this in the past. I'm not sure, but there were elephants who were set to be culled because there were too many elephants in this state park in or or city, but whatever park, and I think it was South Africa, <clears throat> and Disney decided to take them. Um, some groups. Objected, saying they should be culled because you know no, no animals should be kept in captivity. Right. So I mean, there's a little bit of uh, overzealousness with some of these groups. And I also think that um, in the last 25 years, mm-hmm. you know, since the the animal kingdom was a, becoming a reality, you know, which is not quite 25 years, but it's been. Well over 20 since this was announced and when things were going through this. This was the mid-90s when Disney was really going through some of these issues right. with the conservation. Um, in that 25 years, we've come a long way with these things. Um, and we are at a different place now, I think, in the, in America's zeitgeist um, with <laughs> regards... With regards to zoos and how we... T- right. When in, in 1995, we weren't very far away removed from... Unsanctioned um, and terrible zoos, exhibits, terrible Con- concrete. exhibits, concrete grounds. In yeah, the, I mean in the fifties and sixties, the zoo even in the seventies thought. Yeah, even in the seventies, concrete kind of exhibits was the best way. You could clearly see the animals. It was easy to clean. Right. Um, right. But that has that has come a long way since. So we're st- things about the abuse of animals and stuff like that was still very fresh in people's sure. mind, or at least fresher, if that's sure. a word, more fresh in people's minds 25 years ago than it is now. So that led Disney to... Not to, not to sorry to interrupt, but it does not mean there are not groups out there that who think zoos should be abolished. 
Uh, and they still are. Yeah, they still are. That's Ex- what I mean. Uh, what, what I mean, I, I think I mean more of, um, you general. know, we were still, they were still fighting. Uh, nowadays, a, a big zoo and a big park of Disney's caliber and even much smaller than Disney, you know, the lar- large zoos are now all under a certain banner of standard of living for these animals. Sure. Which at the time... We weren't very far away removed from winning that fight to get those right. zoos to be in that thing. So it was sort of like a fear that we might step backwards a little bit in some of these things at the expense of Mickey Mouse. And um, so Disney needed to respond to that and needed to show sort of a um, a commitment to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some way, shape, or form. They opened up a conservation society, which we've talked about, a conservation uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> the wildlife fund, a, a, a conservation fund that they started. Oh yeah, this is the conservation and, fund. Yeah, yep, and then and they've become a huge part of all that. And one of the other things they did was make sure that they put a conservation message into a lot of areas of the park, not just Kilimanjaro safaris, but Gorilla Falls, exactly, Anandapur, blah 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 blah. I mean, if you even in Pandora now, right? And if you read a lot of the literature that's hanging on the walls and things like that. It isn't just backstory about, um, you know, pretend princes and things like that. It's also conservation messages. Right. A lot of it is. And um, one of the heaviest handed ones of all of them, one of the darkest conservation message of all of them (laughs) was on Kilimanjaro Safari. Initially. I believe only during the test phase. Uh, I don't know if it ever got into the wild. It so never. To speak. You mean the death of Big Red? So let's tell you this. Yeah, story. let's talk about the Big Red. Okay, so when and there's still some remnants left of this. So if the, if we if we're talking completely out of turn or, or out of, out of your frame of reference, there's still a lot of it here. So when you first walk through, when when you when you pass the area of the Crown Cranes and you first walk through. The the um the the queue. I think it's before the crown cranes. It's before well, the office, and then the office has some of this too. Okay, but you're gonna see video screens in two different oh, places. Okay. The first one is in the first sort of overhang yep. by the crown cranes. Correct? Uh, no, it's past the crown cranes. Okay, and then the next one is on the final ramp down. Yeah, just in- before you're right. done. Okay, right, right. Just when you pass where you get rid of your strollers. And on those things, on those screens, you'll find two characters, essentially. One is uh, Dr. Jobson. Yeah, Miss Jobson. Yep, Miss Jobson. He always calls her that, yeah. And the other one is Warden Wilson Matua. Miss Jobson is a uh, scientist, a conservationist of some kind, who's telling you about some of the animals and talking a lot about some of the challenges that they face and the conservation issues and the poaching and things like that, and a lot of talk about poaching. Remember, we're going into an area where the main attraction, the biggest thing you're going to see is going to be an elephant. And you're going to get up close with rhinos, and you're going to see other animals that are endangered. Um, and but the elephant sightings are the big thing that you have here, and um, so conservation became a big issue. And they talk about it a lot. And poaching becomes a big issue. Then you right. meet Warden Wilson Matua. Now he's going to tell you something about have eyes for poachers and all this stuff. Right. If you listen to that part, the last thing he says, where he talks about how, grow eyes for poachers, keep an lookout for poachers, that is a portent of the story that you're about to get on the ride if you were writing this in 1999. 1998. 1998. Mm-hmm. Up until, what, maybe 2011 or so? I may have that information uh, here somewhere. but Does that sound right, 2011? That's seven years ago? I think it was earlier than that, later than 2012. That. All right. Um, is when it is when this ended. So you'd get on the ride. You meet your. It's very the, the beginning of it is very similar to what you are now. Yeah, basically the same. Same thing. She's the 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 the, the drivers say a lot of the same facts that they've always said. If they get it right, 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 right. right. They talk about the spotting guides and the. I heard Okapi one copy is related to the giraffe and all that. I heard one one driver say the Okapi was the ghost of the forest. But we, anybody who's been on the ride knows it's the bongo, which is also in the same general vicinity. Right. But anyway, go ahead. So um, let's just assume they get it right for now. For the for the, for the most part, right. they're most of them are pretty good. 
Is every once in a while you get a clunker, but yeah, during the ride, there are two things that are missing. First is the song you heard about twenty minutes ago at this twenty-five minutes ago. You mean during the during the ride now? Yes. Okay. During the ride now, you're not going to hear the song anymore that you heard that opened this podcast. That is not me and Mike singing. That is actually a song by a group called African Dawn, and it played on your safari vehicle uh, when the truck driver said he wanted to listen to something on the radio. Right. Because he has a radio, and you can hear the radio. And at a couple of points during the time, Miss Jobson and Warden Wilson Matua. Mostly Warden Wilson, but yeah, Miss Jobson. Jobson did. And she one, popped yeah, in yeah, once, popped, I think. Would, talk, would pop in about... Uh, she would say a couple of uh, learned things right. about whatever you're looking at. And Wilson Matua would talk to you about poaching and about Always how poaching. there are poachers. And we might need you in the truck. We've got to stop the poachers. To stop, help us stop the poachers. <laughs> so the, the, the idea here was that we're seeing these animals, but then we're part of this anti-poaching brigade. Correct. So... The entire back end of the the safari. If you've been on the safari now, where the what are what are the animals that are where the attics used to be? Scimitar arcs. Okay. Once you pass that, and when you're in there, we hit the gas. Yes. We're, we're going to get the poachers. We heard about the poachers. We heard Wilson about the poachers. Said they're right around the bend. We're off to get them. We're the closest there. Let's go get them. And they she the, your driver jams on the uh, the it puts the pedal to the metal. And off we go. You'll still see, I believe you'll still see the old, is the old um, poacher's village still there or camp still there? It was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's been there so for a while. So that used to be there. Um, and then. They brought it back, actually. I think it was gone yeah. for a while. They brought it back. There was gunfire. Yep. It was all, I mean, you were, you're, there was a fight Sloshing going on. Sloshing through springs. Right. Yeah. And in the very beginning, you'd go around the corner and you'd find a giant dead elephant. Yeah, that didn't last past the cast member previews. And the thing here was that Big Red was the mama elephant. Bit the bucket. Was killed by the poachers. Right. But and her and, and, and her face was the horns were hacked off her face. Hacked off her face. I mean, this was Tusks, a grisly, gruesome sight. Very grisly. Okay. Uh and then the um but Especially since Warden Wilson would talk about, or Miss Jobs would talk about the lovely Big Red and Little Red and how important they oh, were. Oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. We set it up how wonderful they were, and right. everybody's so excited to see Big, Big Red and Little Red. With their face hacked off. Now Big Red's face is hacked <laughs> off. Um, but live actors were there to tell you that thanks to you and your help, we were able to save her baby, Little Red. And she's in the back of the truck, an animatronic, the one and only yep. animatronic animal on the uh, on the ride. Was in the back of the truck, whapping her tail around. And we were supposed to be happy about that, I guess, in lieu of this giant carcass. At least one of them made it. Yes, at least one of them made it, and we helped one of them to make it. Now, very quickly in the the history of this ride... um, they changed that. Now, like I said, I'm not a hundred I think it only got through cast member previews. I believe that is correct. And the then, original hacked off face one? Yes. Yeah. Maybe annual pass holder previews, but I think it only got through cast members and they just said, Whoa, you can't this is not it's terrible. <laughs> this is aw- this it is gruesome too much. It was, right, gru- it was gruesome. And there was guns firing off and yep. it was like it was a crazy. It's sort of realistic, but yeah, that's Yeah. I mean, imagine your four year old going on this ride to see these incredible elephants and there they are these wonderful elephants and there's a baby there and and there's so many of them and we see rhinos and all this stuff and it's wonderful and then all of a sudden guns are firing around you and there's a dead elephant right yeah that's right i mean it's a it was a little over the top uh, so they basically all they did was cut out i guess they cut out the guns firing no the guns fired the for guns a little firing while. lasted for a little while but they did cut out the dead carcass. Yes. You would only hear the guns fire as you're sloshing through yes, the Yes, as you're sloshing through. Yeah. Um, but they 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 <laughs> they managed to, um, I guess, sort of hand wave at the idea of uh, the mom is okay. Right. The baby's in the truck. So it's kind of hard to understand. Sorry about that. Again, this is the second time in a row, Mike, I've gotten a phone call during this. Um, uh, so uh, huh. 
You're a popular dude. I am, no, I'm not. It's the Again, same nothing. person each time. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you remember all that, right? Of course. I never saw the hacked off face, but other than that, yes, I remember all of it. Uh, I, you never saw no. We never saw the hack. No, I, I wasn't there for AP previews. I was there that fall of the. It opened in on April twenty second. I was there in the fall. So it it stays this way. The the everything but the hack the the dead animal, and we cooled down the gunfire right um, for years until twenty twelve for right. fourteen years until twenty twelve where. I'm not really sure why they removed... Well, the first thing is there used to be... I can tell you why. There used to be a cast member... A couple of them. A ca- couple of cast members with guns at the site where the little red animatronic is in the back of this truck. Yeah, I pay for that. And they're saying, thank you, you, did, you know, that kind of thing. You did well. You helped or whatever. And that the, they you eliminated were supposed that. to sort of drive the poachers to the rangers so they could arrest them. Right. That was the deal. They eliminated them, and for a while it was just Little Red in the back of a truck by herself. Was she? Yes. I don't even remember that. Okay. Yes. Uh, unattended baby elephant in the back of a truck. But I guess we're supposed to assume there's a truck driver that's about I'm to I'm sure drive. the Rangers were using the restroom after the big, hey, oh, big violent hey, fight. It wasn't easy. Bandaging um, up. And then this lasted until 2012, <laughs> where they removed um, all... Talk of Big Red and Little Red, um, almost all talk of poaching right. uh, or any of that kind of information. And basically, I don't think they talk about poaching at all. No, and basically just left. And and they they even had the they they left a song on for a little while. That's yep. gone now. Yep, it's gone. Um, now that's gone too. So Mike was going to tell you why. <laughs> why the song's gone? Why it's all gone? You told me that. Oh. <laughs> Why the poaching and all that kind all of stuff? That. Is, Why is this all gone? Eh, it's kind of violent, I think. And it, for number one, you had to pay the cast members, so that's why they're gone. Right. Um, why they removed the song and Warden Wilson, I will never know. Yeah, Warden Wilson. Some it, of their comments during the it course. Was fine. Of, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It wasn't. I mean, you can parch that out so you could remove poaching if that was a real issue for you. And scary or whatever for little kids. Do, but. do you honestly think in the in the final incarnation of it that it was scary or anything like that? I mean, I guess because they were driving fast. To- driving fast and guns firing. I could maybe. I don't know. I, I, I can't believe many people complained. I think it was more of a uh, financial reason. <laughs> As with as usual with Disney. as is with this case with anything, um, so now we are at where we are, which is um, you know no no real backstory to it. it is basically just you're going and the the other angle of it was at the beginning they'd say we have this two week safari that you're going to be on, but they still then do that, don't they? But then it's cut short because we had to go get these poachers. Because the poachers were cutting the right. cutting the safari short. Now we have no reason to. Now it's just a two-week safari that only lasts 15 minutes. Actually, it's more like 45, but what, it's whatever. Here there. You know what I mean. I do. <laughs> Anything I'm missing here? Uh, in terms of background? Yeah, and in terms of all that. and the. No, I would say the only other change, significant change, came much more recently, and that was the addition of a new exhibit. Which, I mean, pretty much the animals have pretty much stayed the same. There's been some swapping out. There used to be Tommies. Now they're Springbok. Yeah. Used to be uh, reticulated giraffes. Now they're Maasai. Right, right, right. And But now we have a new exhibit that shows hyenas and African wild dogs. Um, right. That's, ro- that's relatively them. new. Yep. That's new. Um, other than that, I mean, other than the caring for giants kind well, of Well, I'll area, get into that in a second, yeah. Um, that's new. The A few years ago, they added this, uh, what, two years or so ago, they added this, what we have now is the Night Safari. Oh, where, right. Right. Um, but that isn't, oh, that isn't brand new. That They did that. They used to do Night Safaris way back when. At the beginning. At the beginning. But that but, was mostly African dancers and singers, right? Yes, there was nothing there. I mean, you could you could see almost nothing. You have a hard time seeing stuff now. But in 2016, they actually went out of their way to sort of build a sunset um, yeah, to try to the big lighting thing. Yeah, yeah they changed the the track, the direction that you drive in. They actually shortened the sure, so you don't go to Monkey Point anymore. You right. make a make a right hand turn up into the giraffe. Uh, sorry, elephants to try to limit the amount of just looking into darkness. 
Um, right. There would be no way to right. the, the mandrels would be sleeping. You wouldn't. There would be no way to see that. They that was part of why the hyenas were introduced because right. they're nocturnal. As, as are the wild dogs, right? So you could see the you could see the um, the hyenas at night. Uh, they also added sort of animal sounds along the path, uh-huh. right? That yep. weren't there before. Yep. So as you come around to see the the lions, you're Feel hearing like lions there. roar. Something might be there, right? Um, so they made significant changes to that later on, um, and so now you can do both. I would recommend that you certainly don't do just the night safari. Um, unless you've done the safari, unless you right, before. if you've never been there before, do the the daytime one because it's longer and you see a lot more. No, it's much better. The nighttime safari is fine. It's fun. It's a different experience. Yeah, it's fun. It's different. Yeah, it's fun. If you're looking to ride a truck at night, it'd be cool. You might see the cool thing about the about the nighttime safari is like Mike was saying, the nocturnal nature of the hyenas, lions, um, and the lions are nocturnal. So you're mm-hmm. gonna see lions probably walking around. Uh, even vocalizing and things like that. I would recommend for as a tip to, to get it like just after, like one of the first nighttime ones. Yeah, that's a great way to go. That's a great, great way to go. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the animals and what is on before we get into the. Uh, well, let's do this well, since we're talking about this. Um, the other. M- major change to Mike talked about a change to the exhibits I was that was the change to the nighttime the other major change was the introduction of walking tours into it which then added all of these rope lines oh, yeah, and yeah, things yeah. that are were never there before so the wild africa trek came in uh 2010 or so I think um and that was th- all of the things that you see where the so great with um, there's a rope bridge that goes over the mm-hmm. the crocodile, crocodile area. Right. There is a exhibit where you can look overlook the hippos. There's a hippo. There's a, and you could see the swings, the rope lines, because mm-hmm. people are attached to these these rope lines because I guess they'd fall in if they weren't. And then um, there is a boma. Uh, yeah, an eating, a, eating a building facility. off. If you go around by the flamingos, you look over to your right, you'll see an actual building there. you eating also, there. It's quite good. You'll also see a spot before you enter the savannah. You'll see a walkway there that leads up to yes. another thing, to another mm-hmm. structure there as well. Those were all added in 2010 or so for the Wild Africa Trek. That's the other sort of major difference. Now you can spend a lot of money to go on this Wild Africa Trek. It was and, worth it. And get a different view of the safari. Right? It was totally worth it. I loved it. It's It certainly fits in with... I wouldn't do it multiple times, but I think everybody should do it at least save up the money to do it once. One day, Mike. One day. One day. Granted, Disney will listen to this podcast and say, hey, maybe Dave needs to go on the Wild Africa Trek. Because right now I consider it too expensive. Call Joe Rody. See if he can get you on there. Call call him. You call him for me. Uh, the other ch- kind of change I can think of is they added a they added actually another row to the trucks a few years back. Oh right, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. That, that was uh, added later on. Um, that amazing that they that they were able to do that after all these years. Um, I guess other than that, I can't think of any sort of major change to the to the ride itself. Um, now let's talk about the animals. Well, let's talk about the exhibit first, real quick. Okay, um, roads. Uh, I don't know if many people. Th- People might think that that's actually dirt, but it's not. It's concrete, and it was designed to look like weathered dirt. Um, the landscape, the land was first landscaped with hills and then foliage to hide other trucks. So they try to. There's a spot near the giraffes where you usually see other trucks, but other than that, you usually don't see other trucks. So that was because of the way the land was landscaped. Um, behind trees, tree limbs, and logs, you'll find there's water and food for the animals. You don't, they keep that out of sight. In fact, there's like a lazy Susan type device in the trees to feed the giraffes. Right. So a timer rotates the, the leaf diet. Um, the baobab tree, I think most people probably know this, is actually not real. It's <laughs> concrete. That's the one you see before you enter the main savanna. The, right. The upside there, down tree. There are real baobab trees in Disney's Animal Kingdom. But, but they that, don't look like that. Yeah, and that's not one of them. Right. Now we could talk a little bit about the elephants. Let me tell uh, I, I, Before we get into that. I mean, that, not elephants, uh, animals. Sorry. Before we get into that, I, I also wanted just to make a mention of, because we kind of talked a little bit about, about the different areas. Um, the different areas are all 
you know, basically what they did is they kind of jammed in a bunch of different habitats that aren't really all next to each other in Africa to fit into this safari. So, you know, you have a, a river area, a dry savanna area, you have, you know, um, the forest and all that right. kind of stuff. So they kind of, what they did was go out of their way to sort of mix a lot of what you would think is all part of one African habitat, but mm-hmm. actually they are kind of different representations of different areas of sure. Africa. Absolutely. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, I was going to start talking about the animals. Each animal on the safari is trained to come in by sound. For example, the That's they, crazy, have, they use a the cowbell for zebras, for example. Um, once they're in the, the vet, the uh, keepers, not the vets, the keepers will do a basic examination to make sure everything's okay with the animal. Um, a couple of the fun facts that I heard and read was elephants eat each elephant, and there are about eight or so on the safari, eats 120 pounds of food each day. <laughs> <clears throat> Just a little above Dave. Good thing it's not caviar. Hippos <laughs> hippos eat quite a bit, but not quite as much. They eat 30 to 40 pounds a day. Um, the animals were brought in way before the park opened. It took months of training for some of them to be able to come in by sound or, or not. Some of them were from other zoos and already knew it. Um, others um, were at other zoos but didn't have that kind of... Uh, 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 keeping going on so they would train them for sound so many of the animals were there months before the actual park opened cool um i also learned some of the rewards that animals like rhinos apparently love apples and hippos apparently love carrots i think i think apples is what we were feeding the rhino one time i was back okay and giraffes love lettuce speaking of going there is that that rhino thing looks pretty cool coming up uh, I am a huge fan of rhinos. That's probably in my top five animals. Yeah, and uh, it was the first Planet Watch I did. I think um, they're the size of a truck coming at you. Yeah, they're huge. I mean, they, <laughs> they're deceptively huge. Even when you see them like up against the truck, you don't. You're high above them. You, don't, you are high above them. Yeah, they're gigantic. <laughs> they're so wide. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they're it's amazing. Um, I know Joe Rody, for example, early on wanted herds of wildebeest. But um, Rick Barangi, who was in charge of animal operations at that time, said you can't have right. herds of wildebeest because they'll just eat everything. Because, uh, I mean, the one, of, one, of the mo- one of the most amazing aspects of African wildlife is the, is the migration of the wildebeest. Sure. I mean, I understand why he would yes. want that, but it's impossible to recreate in See, a zoological exhibit. Yeah. And that, like, there's, there's famous stories of the things that Joe and his team got to see. And I, and I remember him saying a story about how uh you know they were they went on their first safari and and they're driving through um you know they're in a truck in in africa somewhere and they're looking for things and they're really kind of not seeing stuff and he's you know maybe way over there you see the top of a zebra or something like that and 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 he thought to himself that you know is this really what we're going to do i mean is this really going to work um and then he kind of comes around the corner of this road, and there's just this log jam of trucks, right? All looking up at a jaguar or something that's up in the tree in Africa. That's or jaguar whatever it South might America. be, leopard. Leopard. That's right. the word I'm looking for. A leopard. That's up in the tree. And he thought, and here there are all these people, dozens of people who are just on their feet, snapping pictures, pointing and talking and all. And right. he said, oh, here we go. This is this is what we're doing. Right. So I know that he saw things in, in Africa that he wanted to recreate. And uh, I guess uh, Mr. Brongi was the man to kind of pull him back a little. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, he was, you know, he worked at the San Diego Zoo and some other places, and he was brought in to basically be the zoo chief of the zoo operations uh, of the park. And he, you know, obviously he's going to say, you can't. You can't do that. They're going to eat everything. Literally eat everything. It might have been also the and one that said, you, everywhere. you can't put a tiger, you can't put a boat ride with a tiger because tigers swim. He might have been. I don't remember. So that Mike is referring to what the the original desire was to have a tiger exhibit um, on the shores of Cali River, Cali Rapids. River Rapids. It's going to be called Tiger River Rapids, actually. Problem is, tigers swim. Yes, which would be <laughs> unfortunate for him. Yes, yes, especially the since cast you're member previews in. and AP previews. <laughs> um, I, I, as you can imagine, 
the Disney people weren't used to feeding animals, at least at this large of a scale. Oh, God, no. I, still, I don't know how they do it. I mean, they were concerned that the animals would eat the entire set of the ride. Um, so when they went to Africa, not only were they looking at animals, but maybe even more importantly, they were looking at the landscape and the foliage right. as to what animals will eat, what they won't eat. Um, and how what would they feel comfortable with? And, right, what they look like. Maybe right. we can use a more local species to fill in for it because right. it looks the same. That kind of stuff. Right. So um, we could do a whole show on the horticulture at Animal Kingdom. We could. I mean, it's just an, uh, out of control, and this is one of the places where it's just amazing. What it's almost done. a botanical garden when you think it about really it. Is. It I really mean, is. Really is. And they do. They do. They still do the thing where you can mail in. A request of what this plant was. Last time I checked, they did, but I haven't yeah, done it. It's been a while, yeah. yeah. Right. But anyway, that's that's all, uh, what I have for some of the fun facts about animals at the, the Animal Kingdom. I mean, since it opened in 1998, like Mike was saying before, there isn't very many differences in Not a lot. in the animal, um, the herd of animals that's there. I mean, there was always the black rhino where it is and the crocodiles where it they looks are and the hippos though. where they are. Uh, Foliage looks. It has grown up. I yeah. have I have looked at pictures I took in, maybe you took them in 1999. Of, yeah. of, of the safari elephants and Blessbach and, and it looks different. Yeah, it does. It looks a, it looks a lot different. There are a few little one little things here and there that have moved on to you know either they they're not on exhibit anymore or they're oh, could be over at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Um, I know Tommies are over there, aren't they? Or they yep, were. Tommies are yeah. over there. Attics are over there. Yeah. So they've mo- they move these things around. They did a. A quick, uh, short-lived experiment with zebras on the angry uh, zebra herd on the Kilimanjaro. They would, the, uh, <laughs> they would attack the trucks. That didn't last very long. Zebras are apparently very grumpy, but uh, they are still there. But they usually only keep like two out. There's like two plain zebra out. When you get, I guess, when you get them in a herd, maybe they're females. I don't know. But when you get them into a herd with males and females, they get very grumpy, as you said. Mike mentioned the uh, Wild Africa Trek being a great way to experience Kilimanjaro safaris. Also, the uh, the caring elephants, for giants. caring for giants, phenomenal was, and cheap. Yeah, and cheaper it, than you would think. It was thirty dollars for me. With um, I had I don't remember if it was DVC or annual pass discount, but it took five dollars off, so it was only twenty five dollars for for each of us. Um, and uh, my coco, my companion during the time thought Christina thought it was fantastic, as did I. And now they're doing a rhino one, which is maybe a ten bucks more or something like that, but yep. still sounds fantastic. So that's coming up soon, um, and 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 also the backstage tour um, focuses a lot on Kilimanjaro safaris. You tell me about that. I've never done it. It's you get a you know because the way the park was designed, it was designed to sort of have a ring road around the outside of the park that encompasses mm-hmm. basically the outside of Kilimanjaro safari. So. Considering that the safari ride was the focal point of the sh- of the park at the time, all the facilities that are built back there are built right on top of the safari. So you're you're literally uh, you may have seen if if you're taking the the truck before you get to Monkey Point where the giraffes are tend to be around that corner you a lot of times if you look to your left you could see sort of a gate back there mm-hmm, absolutely and if you open that gate where the giraffe barn is is maybe 10 yards behind that gate it's right there all these facilities are literally right behind and one of the best ways to kind of gauge that is to take the train well, you're not going to be able to do it for very long. But if you have another, you can do this in the next couple of weeks. Take the train to, to Rafiki's and look beyond the barns to see the access to the actual Kilimanjaro right. Safari attraction. It's literally right there. And these animals just walk back and forth mm-hmm. into it. So, also on the, so, you, so when you take the backstage uh, trip, you also go into one, a couple of these barns um, to see what it, they look like from the inside. You also see where how they. You know the kitchen essentially where they make the food for these animals. That's so it's cool. a very it's a very safari heavy gotcha um, tour because a much of the backstage facilities are made for the safari. When you ride caring for giants, they take you on a bus to the to, to the Perfect. exhibit and you see um, some of the um, they're kind of up on a hill, so you really can't see how close they are to the safari or whatever. 
but you do see some of the backstage buildings for animal care. We did one of the backstage things once, uh, and uh, we got there early in the morning, and all the safari trucks are parked in line. Oh, really? Next to each other. You go, this one parking lot is just full of the safari trucks. I've been in that parking lot and seen some of the safari trucks, but it yeah. wasn't as many as Yeah, this was before it had opened, so they were right, all, right, park right. had opened, so, so they were all still there. Um, I we- missed the Sunrise Savannah. Oh, the 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 trip from um, you you pick it up at the animal kingdom from the lodge, from the lodge, Kilimanjaro yeah. safaris, and then you get breakfast at yeah. We didn't. I never did pizza that. Safari. You didn't do that with us. Did I? Did I do that with you? Maybe not. I don't remember. I don't remember. I know. I normally don't do the fun, expensive things that you do. That wasn't quite in the range of Wild Africa <laughs> Trek, but it was probably over a hundred dollars a person. <laughs> Uh, I guess that's it. Is there anything else we we can mention about it? I mean, you know, no, you can, you much can certainly look up any of the other things that you want to look up, like this, you know, the size of it and all that kind of stuff. But I think we've gone through all of it. If you have any questions about it or you want to share any of your experiences or something like that, you can certainly find us on social media. Mike's at Jumbo Everyone on Twitter. That's where he spends most of his life, really. Um, <laughs> so you can find him there. That I am. Vegas. I am on at. I am at. Uh, Radio Harambe, I spend very little of my life there, um, but you can certainly reach That's me through sure. there if you want. Um, you can also reach me via email, jomboeveryone at gmail.com, uh, and you can also uh, reach us on Facebook. Just search Jombo Everyone. Jombo Everyone is the name of our blog. Jomboeveryone.com is where you'll find that information. Mike posts every once or, once in a while. I usually it's, try to post once a week with news. Yeah, and we also, the, you know, blogs are kind of going away, so a lot of these yeah. things are going to change. We're going to be doing, you know, everything will turn into Radio Harambe stuff soon as we're kind of focusing more on that. Also, find us on Instagram where we have literally thousands of followers um i find myself posting on instagram more often than i do on the blog and putting like a little yes i'll put a picture of something and maybe write a paragraph about it how can they find you on instagram uh safari mike safari mike on instagram hold on there might be a, a underline in there hold on one the second. the um the the mine is at disney's animal kingdom believe it or not uh so you can find us there uh, Mike will give you his Instagram. It's I, I'm more pictures. Mike has pictures with story. He gives a it's little more Safari background. underscore Mike. So you can find Mike there on Instagram. Uh, and email us, everyone at gmail.com. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, for Safari Mike, I'm Dave McBride, Quaharini. And thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. Long live Rafiki's Planet Watch. Now, Ah.